This is the Content Recruiter Podcast. Okay, so episode 11, folks. This is Nathan, and I am here with my esteemed co-host, Nate Goodyear. Nate, happy Tuesday. How are you today? Well, as we were talking about, a bit overwhelmed, but uh, again, this is my favorite part of the week, so... Yeah, I feel good. uh, This, this, like this part of my week is like non-negotiable because it means it's it's hard. I know you're not a a solo founder and and you've got Jackson over there at BYA, but when you're going through this process of launching a startup company and you're bootstrapping all the way, there's um, there are times when you just need to chat to other people who are in your position. And so for the last ten minutes, me and Nate have been chatting about startup life and. And, and all that stuff and it's uh oh man that the, there aren't many more things in life that just give you that like adrenaline rush but you have to get punched in the face like 15 times before you get that one hit is that fair yes it is it's very fair um why do, why do people do it why do people i you know it um most people don't well um yeah so, uh, and I, and I get why it's, um, it's, you know, it's a combination of like not being satisfied, um, like being motivated to create like bigger change. Um, and then, uh, finding like this weird, it's, it's hard to explain unless you feel it, but this weird fulfillment in the work that you do and, and placing this like big emphasis on the meaning of work um do you you think there's like there's a bigger vision isn't there because we you know when you look at the recruitment industry generally and you see um the same practices as like a decade ago and they're still pretty prevalent today and recruiters are burnt out and candidates are receiving crap experiences and um, all this stuff's in the mix you also see genuinely like the scale of the opportunity in this market don't you and the size of the market is absolutely massive. And you've got this vision that you can create something that's truly going to change the way recruitment works today. And that's exciting, isn't it? So it keeps you coming back. It does. Yes. I mean, the, in general, like uh, the idea of, of changing the way that uh, something has always been done, like I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say it, but... Um, it's fun. I mean, it, it really is. It's like, uh, it's, it's fun. And it's also extremely difficult. Um, because there's, uh, there's, there's embedded like psychology and it is, uh, it, it's very, very hard to change consumer behavior. Um, the, the thing you can do is like, if you have the foresight, like if you can just see a little bit ahead and you can kind of like in some ways predict what that behavior is going to be then you can start building for it and match it um yeah i mean but it is it's very exciting but but i think people like yeah you know it's 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 harder than anybody realizes um do you do you think when you're on this this like you're on this road to changing people's minds and influencing people about there being another way to do stuff because this goes for anything doesn't it this isn't just about launching a startup i I look back at at my time in recruitment as a freelancer and trying to influence like heads of ta or hr directors or whatever um 
I think taking people, taking any person on that journey of change is is actually quite hard, isn't it? And it takes some some time to to influence. It's quite interesting because this is all the stuff we talk about on this podcast around why recruiters should just stop persevering with doing this cold outbound DM thing and and look at um, other platforms, other channels to to execute what they do during the day and other tactics. Um, but you do have to go through that painful process of influencing people and taking them on that that journey of change, don't you? Yeah, you do. You you do. It's a it's a it's a hard battle. Um, and, and like and I think also too, you know, it's it's a skill to know when that battle's not worth fighting. Um, because I, I I think the there's the reality for some, many, whatever, is that if they want to do something differently, maybe the, the place that they're currently at isn't the place for them to do that because it's just like not ever going to happen. Um, you know, like I, 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 I've kind of become a, uh, <laughs> a therapist, I guess, for some like employer brand people, and, um, you know, who will like reach out to me and I'll do calls with them or we'll just like have a, uh, a message exchange where they'll like, they'll kind of go like, what am I doing? Or I, I, I want to do things differently, but I can't like, or how would you position this? And like, sometimes my answer is like, just go find a new job. Um, mm. and, and that, that actually, I, I actually got a DM the other night. This guy reached out to me. Gosh, it was like probably six, eight weeks ago. I don't even know, but he reached out to me with this like pretty long message. And he said like, I've been, uh, I've been following your stuff on LinkedIn for a long time. I like presented a bunch of these ideas to leadership. They basically have shot them all down. What, like, what's your advice for, you know, trying to position this so I can get it. And I, and I said, don't like, stop trying to position it, like start finding a new job. And then he sent me a DM the other night and he said, you know, thank you so much for that advice. I took it. I just got a new job. I got a pay raise and they totally value me now at my new company, you know? And it's like, yeah, like I feels, do feel really good about that, but yes, it does. It feels really good. And sometimes that is the move. Um, and, and, and so like within the context of recruiting, let's face it, man, there's a big group of, of people who just are going to, who are like stuck in their ways and they just like want to do it their way recruiters, leadership, whatever. Right. But there is this percentage that does believe in like the methodologies that we talk about and the approaches. And you've experienced this just recently that there, there are hope for those people. There are places where they are looking for new ways that their company can meet talent and that talent can meet their company. And I just like I don't know. I want to give those people like permission to like seek those companies out. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I think what you just said there comes from a place of desperation, though. Like they get to a point where the tactics have to change because what they're doing just hasn't been working for so long, and now they're at a point where the commercial like activity is just nosedived and they now have to do something radical to change they've realized that people aren't responding to their messages and so um it's kind of funny i i, I don't know if companies are like 
all ears in terms of genuinely trying new ways to attract talent or whether they're just desperate now and and, and they have to do something and it's, it's going to be it's impossible to like tarnish a whole um market or a group of companies with that with that mentality i know but um yeah I do, I do think the way things are at the moment and and just how competitive it's become for tech talent is a real wake-up call to a lot of businesses and even when we see what's happening around the world right now with um with the conflict between russia and, and ukraine is you know ukraine was a place now where people could get great great developers mm. And now all these brilliant people have have, um, have got this huge battle going on in, in, in life and the world's been turned upside down and they're moving to different countries now, which is like, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create this this demand for their skills. I don't know, is it, are they going to get like huge, they're probably going to get huge new salary raises. They're probably going to have to adapt to a whole new, like different lifestyle. But for some companies, their strategy was like, let's take advantage of the opportunity to, um, I don't know, drill certain markets down on price just because they've got access to great talent. And then suddenly they focused on one market and the whole narrative changed very quickly. And now they're scrambling around looking for, for talent in other places and they have no strategy on how to access it. As you say, meet that talent. I love that phrase so much. They have no idea where to meet that talent now in a real yeah. world in a digital world yeah i uh you know i was thinking about this um that this would this came from a call that i was on with a new customer where I had a, the founder said he, he goes you know a concern of mine is by us showcasing our engineering team that it'll make it easier for our competitors to poach them and i go i go dude um, think about how you're currently recruiting. You're currently trying to poach engineers from other startups. Like th this is happening. Like you're doing it. They're doing it. Everybody's doing it. This is like, this, this, this can't be a concern. Right. And then I, and then I explained to him, I was like, you know, there's a real thing where when you give people the ability to talk about the things that they're working on publicly, it reinstills the value that you're bringing to them. You know, they're trading their time uh, in exchange for money, but also for like creative expression or for fulfillment or connection or whatever. And it's like, you gotta like, you gotta help promote that. And the way to promote that is by like, creating an environment for them to talk about that and share it outside. And like, sure, not everybody wants to do that or not everybody's comfortable with it, but like there are people who are, and like there isn't a better retention play than, than doing that. I mean, what, what's the problem with losing people? What's the problem with losing people? I think probably cost. So, but, but, like, like let's say legitimate like i'm genuinely this isn't even me taking a piss or being facetious or anything like if you've got an engineer with your analogy there creating content for six months and they build up this huge pipeline of like inbound 
qualified applications and then that one engineer decides to leave because of all that great branding stuff they've done disney comes along and says hey engineer from smart up we'd love to uh, start up we'd love to hire you as that person's if, if i was a ceo of that company and that engineer had just landed a major gig at a massive brand because we've given them the flexibility to go and talk about their space and set, build an audience and they've built pipeline for us. I would be so fucking happy and proud that they've managed to take that next step. And suddenly your company now becomes a breeding ground for promoting this stuff. Okay. Is, so, there so a, now- is that not a great feeling? <sighs> okay. So, so let, all right, let's talk through this. Okay, because this is like a total flip the script here. I mean, it really is. This is like, this is using uh, using an employee leaving and uh, leveling up as a promotional strategy, as a marketing strategy. It is. And I guess it's just all perspective. But I would say uh, companies would... Like they would, they would never want to promote somebody leaving. But the idea of going, uh, hey, how how one of our engineers landed a senior level job at Disney? Is that not like, the best piece of employer brand they could do this year? Like, imagine that blog post, <laughs> dude. Because I always think, have I told you this before? I think in titles. It's, it's like this weird thing that I have. I think in blog post titles. And that's how like I, I, I it, it sounds strange, right? Yeah. Um, so, so but, but I do, like I think, so like if, I, if we're working on a project uh, or whatever, I think into the future and I go, how would that look as a PR piece? And then, and then I can, then it helps me frame it and, and, and see if it's like uh, almost like a worthwhile endeavor. And so if I look at that from like a marketing, as a marketing piece, that headline right there, attracting people who want to level up and move on to like a big brand. Holy shit, that's huge. And so I think you're, I think you actually are onto something that is so unconventional and like almost wacky that, that it like nails it. You, what, you know what happens when someone leaves a company? They so put them, they, oh, I think it's great. I, I genuinely think. It's yes, brilliant. I know what you're gonna say, but go you ahead know, and say it. You know what? You know what happens when someone leaves a company? The hiring manager basically shuts them down. Nobody really pays them that much attention. Everyone's going, well, they're leaving in a couple of weeks anyway, so what's the point? Like they just don't try to try to use these moments to create attention. Which is basically what this is about, isn't it? It's all about attention. That's it. But but like there's okay. You know, have you ever seen, uh, there, there's this, um, there, there's this uh, really well-known uh, ski resort in Utah in the United States, right? Yeah. And um, they did this famous marketing campaign and they did uh, like one-star review marketing campaign. And they reversed it because the one-star reviews were talking about how hard the mountain was to ski. So they used it as a promotional <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> And it's awesome, right? Um, it is, yeah. But um, see, like marketers, especially consumer brands that that um, that are either like edgy 
or creative or like way more like on the human side, they, they look at like how they can take things and like flip them to their advantage. And, uh, I think what you're saying is like, dude, it's, you, it's you, so great. <laughs> this is starting something in my mind now, because I don't know if I was leading a TA function, whether I purposely want everyone in the business to leave a, like a, a, a one star review on Glassdoor. But what about a one star Glassdoor review? Oh, and you could literally, you just become like the one star Glassdoor brand and, and all the, all the, all the posts, all the reviews would just be like layered with sarcasm and humor, like genuinely talking the company up and you'd have to find a way to position it. But I right. think that would just be yeah. incredible. Okay. So this is now, uh, okay, great. Okay. I'm going to roll into something else. Okay. Yeah, and do you know what? Just briefly before you do, because yeah, when when <laughs> when I use Glassdoor to see companies or to look at the reviews companies get, I don't use it a lot, like once every six months or something. Um, by the way, Glassdoor, if anyone's listening, which you probably aren't, um, you've got to sort your shit out and stop making people like sign up and log in to just to see. You oh, oh my, my god. god, it is doing? it is so. It's it is one of the worst experience, isn't it? Oh my god, it's awful. It's so bad. Um, so, but when I go onto Glassdoor and do read reviews, you know, I've got to be honest, like the first thing I do pretty much on any site is I look at the worst reviews first. Mm. I, fil I filter. If you go to a restaurant and I see, I don't know, a hundred five-star reviews and there's like 10 one-star reviews, like just the intrigue in me just goes, I wonder how bad it was. I also wonder about people who leave reviews. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I did leave a very sarcastic. I did leave a very sarcastic one once for uh, for a company called Smile Direct. Anyway, that's a different story. Um, okay, go. Where are you? Where are you going? <laughs> All right. So this is like uh, this is related. Okay. Do you do you consider a job a product? Do I consider? Oh wow. We really don't prepare for this podcast, do we? No, no. Uh, do I consider a job as a product? No, no, I, I, no, I really, no. I'm going to say no. Okay. This yeah, I, the first time we I don't have an opinion. No, no, no. I, this isn't, this is a genuine question. I, okay. I, uh, I want to know why not. I, I, I don't know. My mind instantly goes to products being super transactional you don't really invest time to make them any better you don't have that emotional attachment hold on let, let me uh let me explain a little bit more what i'm talking about yeah shoot i am talking about uh not the job once you're in it okay um i'm talking about the job as a product that you're selling to a candidate oh as a recruiter you mean yes as a recruiter that makes more sense because yeah. talking about recruitment so yeah sorry about that um i do i consider it as a product you know i'm still leaning towards no nate i i, I know there's something in my mind that makes me feel like products are just super transactional and i suppose the context is what's the product but you do have to go through i guess when you i don't know no i'm going to say no okay because my uh talk me out of it no i i don't know if i can i but but the way that i was thinking about it was let's if a job is a product that yeah. you're that you're selling 
and I'm thinking about this from a marketing perspective, right? Getting somebody interested in a product, right? Because like, you know, it's just like anything like B2B SaaS, like you use marketing to get somebody interested in your product. And then there's like a sales process that a buyer goes through before they become a customer, right? Very yeah. similar. And so positioning or, or not even positioning, just like viewing a job as a product. And if the answer was yes, then my, then the thing that I was thinking was, why aren't we hiring product marketers to market our jobs? It, is it because you hear this, you hear this thing in recruitment, don't you, where the people say, treat candidates like consumers? Yeah. And then other people snap back and say, no, because it's an emotional thing. You don't like buy a car every couple of years. You change jobs. It's a huge impact on you, your family. Don't compare it to buying a product like buying a car. But you're kind of right in that the awareness phase is like there are a lot of similarities, aren't there? I was like, yeah. And, and I thought like, okay, if you, if you pull them up, a product marketer, let's say a product marketer with a background in, in uh, consumer. Okay. You pull them off the street and you go, all right, I'm going to try something I've never tried. Like we haven't tried before. I want you to view our open roles as products. And I want you to market those to, to talent go, what would you do? You know? And, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like maybe that could get kind of fun. Oh, when you what, see, this is interesting because now you're talking about product managers and my mind went straight to like product led growth kind of strategies where you're going, well, if you're a coder or you're in the software space and companies are trying to hire you, what could you give them from a product led growth kind of concept to get the coders in the door, like to get their attention? Could you could you do like, I don't know come work with us for an hour to see if you think our people are like, right. Like, what do you do? Do you just get them all, all on a zoom call and you say, we're going to do a live coding session at this time on a Wednesday. You don't have to do any coding, but you can just come in and you can listen to a team talk and enjoy themselves and see what they're all about. I don't know. What, what, what is like, do you, do you, give, do you, do you give them access to the product? Do you like, I don't know. What, what could you do? You could give them access to the product. You could give them, you could, do you give them access to the team? I mean, open office hours. You could, uh, oh man. Okay. Okay. Now this is getting really creative. Um, because, okay. So, so this all started with me going like, I think recruitment marketing is like done. Like I, I, I just like, I, I don't know. Like there, there isn't anything in recruitment marketing that gets me, that convinces me that it's something that needs to stay around. Like the, the thing, the thing that I think it replaces it is teams at companies marketing themselves as the place where other people who do that thing come to work on the coolest shit. Yeah. You know, whether you're an engineer or your salesperson or your marketer, or whatever, it's just like build that brand. Like that, that's just like, I, I, like, why do you need recruitment marketing to do anything? Because spraying 
jobs across job boards to get inbound that you're never going to pay attention to and that everybody views as unqualified is a fucking waste of time and money. Okay. So like, that's why I'm like, ah, like, uh, like if that's the case, but, but would a product marketer take this marketing of jobs to a different, to a different level? Maybe because you're now what you're saying with product led growth, I mean, it, it comes down to like, Hey candidate, what do you, what kind of experience do you want? What do you want? Do you want access to like leadership for like a coffee chat? Do you want to like sit with the, the, uh, the team for, for a little bit of time? Do you want to like us to pull back the curtain and you just get access to our product for a little bit? I don't know. What do you want? Do you let me tell you something that's this is this is so weird and i can't emphasize enough how little we prepare for these podcasts and we just landed on a topic which this could be the best episode yet by the way um in terms of like value and ideas coming out of it i we we were talking today about why why are we creating candidate processes without speaking to the market first why are we saying right okay we're going to hire tech talent but we want them to go through a coding test to prove their, to validate their skills. And then they're going to go through a technical interview and then they're going to go through this. Why can't candidates choose their own interview process? Like if, if you're a product manager working in a team, why can't you, why can't you create like three journeys and really like gamify it? And you got like three journeys, almost like a little storybook. And journey one is first stage is you get to choose whether you do a one-way or a two-way video interview with one of our recruiters. If you're nervous, do a one-way. Here are the questions in advance. Crap at preparation, here are the questions in advance of your technical interview. Because we want you to be ready. Like, we don't yes. want to challenge. I can't think on the spot, Nate. I am shit at thinking on the spot, especially when I go for interviews. You know, I'm that guy who walks out of interviews and an hour later says, oh, I should have said that. Oh, I use that as an example. Why aren't we letting people best prepare themselves for these moments rather than interviewing when they're not prepared with like loads of secret questions and then going, no, you're not the right fit. Sorry. Yeah. Gosh. Or even, oh my God. Or even like, uh, we all have like different skills and we like thrive in different types of environments. Like, you know, there's some people where like you turn the spotlight on and they're just like a different person, right? They yeah. Like, sit up straight and suddenly they know all the right things to say and they're, you know, or, or and there's some people who just get like super nervous. It doesn't mean that like one is more qualified for a job than the other. No. Um, <laughs> but like in non-technical things, that's how we're judging them. Uh, like I still can't believe that like in some sales, you know, interview processes, they make them do like role playing. It's like how nervous are you oh. going to be as a candidate talking to your sales leader and doing a stupid hypothetical role play? Oh, sell me this pen. Yeah, right, right, right. Go, go fuck yourself. Uh, go fuck yourself. But um, man, I, I don't know this like this job as a product and product led growth and like creative ways to like because it, it, here being a being a job candidate is a is a. I actually have this, uh, I have a post in the works in, in my head and on paper, but What's the it's, title? it's ex being a, being a job candidate is excruciate, excruciatingly boring. Um, it really is, you know, like if you've been on the job search, like you've done the same process, I don't know how many times you've done the same screening call 
over and over and over again is just with a different person. Um, they're asking you the same stupid questions. Half of them are unprepared. Like, it's just like, give me a break, you know? And, I, and, uh, and then, but then here, dude, let, let's flip this. So the argument against everything we've said about, about this creative process at the top of the funnel and all this kind of stuff is, is like it for technical talent, they don't need any of that shit. They just, they get so many offers. They get so many people hitting them up that like, like they don't, uh, they don't care. You know, they're not going to want to like lift a finger to do anything more than what. Did, did they even want to interview? Are they, are, are they even want to interview? Like, are we at a process where, or at a stage where they've got that many opportunities, like they don't know enough about the company to actually want to interview? Do they want to do a coding test because they don't know enough about the company so they don't feel invested enough to put three hours into a coding test? Okay, but on the flip side too, when are we going to stop fucking catering to engineers? <laughs> it's, like, it's like enough already with your like first world problems and your 10 offers a week. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I think like, I understand that like attracting or selling in certain environments is harder and we have to do a much, much better job of aligning to like the needs and the behaviors of, of those markets. But at the same time with, with, you know, technical recruiting, the, the, it is skewed so far to like, you know, scared to lose them. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's like a little off like kilter. And I feel, you know what, like I do, like I, I, uh, I feel I have a lot of, uh, sympathy right now for recruiters, for well-intentioned recruiters who have very entitled candidates, giving them the runaround and making these demands and making hiring way, way more challenging than it actually should be because they're just pitting companies against each other. They're asking for like way more money than they're even qualified for. Like, Oh, I, 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 I seriously, I'd go the other way. I'd use this as an opportunity to restructure everything we did. If we had a team of like 10 engineers, I'd stop catering to the demands. I'd go and get two exceptional engineers and I'd go and get some really, really talented junior devs. Yeah. So, okay. So, so now you're hitting on something. So, um, this, uh, th this conversation I was recently having with this like really early stage startup and I was, uh, they had like, I don't know, 25 people. And, uh, of course they're having a really hard time recruiting engineers, the they're 25 people and they're trying to hire like very talented people. It's hard, <laughs> but, um, but, but I said like the thing that you really need to think about is like when it comes to engineering, the same for sales, same for marketing applies across any function is like what do you want to be known as? Are you the place where junior devs come and level up and go work for Netflix or Disney in three years? Are you the place where, right? I might've even said this last week. Sorry if I'm repeating myself, but like, are you the place where senior people come and they get to mentor and they get to like exercise like different types of growth opportunity because they've been stuck in a box for years? You know, like who are you and what do you offer? And just go all in on that. Because here's the thing, nobody knows who you are. You're probably not gonna be able to compete on comp. Um, and you know, there's like other, like more safe, more secure places to go. So you need to not just brand yourself as like a company, but you need to like 
brand yourself as the place where a certain type of individual comes to achieve a certain type of thing. Yeah. That's so important. But like what, what you've talked, like we've talked about like in previous episodes and like what we're, you're kind of hitting on here now is like, if you can brand yourself as the place where junior people come to level up their career and leapfrog their, their peers faster than anybody else, you're sitting on a humongous marketing opportunity. And leave within and get really comfortable with people leaving. Totally. Like get comfortable with it. And if you're not, fine, go find another route. I mean, there are lots of routes you can take. Go get in touch with a Netflix. Netflix can't hire every developer they speak to. Some may not have the skills or the experience yet. So why can't you create like the Netflix Netflix launch pad and then suddenly you've got like five companies within that mix who Netflix send talent out on loan to for 12 months and maybe you split the salary or you split some sort of benefits or they get Netflix benefits, you pay the salary and then they go to Netflix in 12 months. Like there's so much opportunity to get creative and to leverage what other brands are doing. But, um, oh man, there's, there's so, there's just so much opportunity, isn't there? When you know who you're good for and why, and you can get very clear on that message. If you're consistent with that, you're in a really good spot. Yep. All right. What's in there? Enjoyed that. That was fun. See you next week, mate. See you then.